Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. While playing rugby for Lindenwood University, Geo Page made a smashing tackle which broke her nose. She then cleared two or three other opponents before finally being called off the pitch. The video of her spitting blood onto the field as if it were nothing quickly went viral. It was picked up by ESPN and news outlets all over the world. While that clip highlights her toughness, we found Geo Page to be way more than that. That toughness is cut by an incredible kindness, a deep concern for teammates, and a thirst for knowledge. Gio is now studying osteopathic medicine in grad school. She's also inspiring hundreds of young women to try out the sport. Georgia Page is always fun to talk to. We think you're really gonna enjoy this one. So in 2013, I started playing rugby. Um, a girl, in my Oztag team, which is Oztag in Australia, is kind of like flag football, but like flag touch rugby, if that makes any sense. And so I was playing that, and she's like, "Oh, you should come play some rugby sevens. And I was like, "Oh, I've never played that before. Should be pretty interesting." I was like, "Is it full contact? Like, do they tackle?" She's like, "Yeah, you'll be good." And um, so I played um against a team and literally ever since that day I just felt I loved it so much I had so much fun I remember I couldn't even like breathe the next day because I was so sore from playing um and then so I played in a, a tournament called uni games and it's like where all different universities in Australia um come together and play against each other it's kind of like I guess like a mini Olympics, but just for universities and there's all different sports. And so I played sevens and surprisingly I made the the Australian university side, which was just a merit side that year, but they picked 12 girls. And um, yes, yeah, so I made that side and I was like, oh, I'm actually not, I mustn't be that bad at this. And then I like realized that and my coach um, was friends with a guy at um, Lindenwood and because where I live in Australia, um, you can't play much rugby in the country, really. Well, a few years ago, you couldn't. Now it's getting bigger. There weren't as many opportunities for female participation. Is that what it was? Yeah, well, there was, but in cities and where I, I live in a very rural area. So um, most of the stuff that they had going on was in Sydney, in Sydney or in Brisbane. And so Brisbane's about two and a half hours from where I live and then Sydney's about a eight, nine, nine hour drive or flying is not too long. But um, because I'm at university, I haven't, I didn't have that much funding. And so like we had all these um, different trainings and things after I'd been made in selections for teams, like I, I just couldn't make it to these things. And um, I think that really put a big stop on like the development of my rugby at that time. And so when my coach at the time was friends with the Lindenwood men's coach and he'd told him that there was scholarships going and I was like oh that's a great opportunity like I can just live play rugby go to uni and um have it at a cheap rate because of scholarships and so that's when I just picked up and left and went for a year and it was like the best thing that I ever did um I had so much fun learnt heaps like I look back now on my playing videos and I was 
somewhat <laughs> have no idea what was going on. I used to just get all in run, like I had no idea. Um, but yeah, it helped my development in rugby. Like I got to play all over America, played in national titles. Um, and yeah, it was a good experience, but not only for rugby, for um, myself as a person as well. Like I'd never lived in like a professional athlete kind of world, but being a student athlete, student athlete more like an athlete student <laughs> yeah it was just really different for me so it was good that's very cool so it, so you only stayed for a year though was there a reason for that um yeah so I was in America only for a year because I studied athletic training there and in Australia I'm studying to be an osteopath and so there are osteopaths in America but it's um like 10 years of university and I really I'm not willing to be at uni for another, like, five more on top of what I'm already at. And I thought if I really enjoyed athletic training that I would stay, but I really love osteopathy and I didn't want to lose that, so that's why I came back to Australia. All right. Okay, so what would – for those who don't know, what would the distinction be between athletic training and osteopathy? So um, I suppose athletic trainers work specifically with sports teams or, like, high schools, like, all different things like that, whereas an osteopath – is more, I don't know, you can treat anyone and it's similar to a chiropractor but also similar to a physical therapist and it's like in between and that's what I like about it. I like the manual therapy but I like that there's exercise prescription as well so it's like a good middle ground and the way that osteopaths look at the body is just really different compared to any other health practitioner or like allied health so that's why I love it. Totally. Yeah, so tell us more about that. That's come out. In, uh, it's come up in a lot of conversations recently, um, like these more holistic looks at the body instead of uh, see pain, give painkiller. Um, yeah, instead yeah. of giving you, you like your usual medicine is like, oh, here, here's a pill, take a Band-Aid and we'll cover up that symptom. That I feel like these days we need to look at like the treatment of the underlying disease and treat it that way rather than just prescribe a pill of some sort because it's just a band-aid you know it's not it's not going to make you better like people with pain for example like oh here's take some lyrica which doctors don't even know how it works you know what i mean like there's like things and then the thing even like there's a cascade effect from that like people that take painkillers get addicted to like opioids they get addicted to being on that type of stuff whereas you come see a manual therapist um and you want and you already want to get better you'll get better just through manual therapy and like doing your exercises literally that easy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And obviously like, obviously that couldn't cure anything, but I think, um, from the, the osteopaths perspective, it, like you should try that first, right? If drugs somewhere down the line or surgery, maybe somewhere down the line is necessary. Fine. But that should be like, yeah. the knee jerk reaction. Like, I wonder, I wish you could, I feel like Alex, you, my dad comes up on this podcast like every other podcast for some reason. Uh, my dad was yeah. like, uh, he played football for a long time and um, anyway, like American football and, and uh, he just had a knee replacement and he's been going through his rehab. I don't know if you guys do any rehab, but he's uh, he was going through rehab and he woke up one day and his back hurt um, yeah. and it was like kind of out of the ordinary, didn't know what to make of it. Um, so he went to his doctor. He just went to get checked out. And like immediately 
like like no questions asked. It, it bothers me. It, it, it happened only a couple days ago, so I'm still a little bit pissed about it, to be honest. Uh, he had back pain, and he just goes drugs. You know, the guy spent like he's he's known he's known this doctor uh, for years and years and years. Went in, said I have pain. Doctor wrote a prescription. Done. Um, it just seems so. It, it's a shame. It pisses me off because it's like my dad, like you mentioned, the opioid addictions and stuff like that. That's real business. That's like that. That's sort of. It, it's in post. I don't know what the story in Australia is like with uh, ex rugby players, but that, that's a huge deal with like ex NFL players and people like that. Yeah, well, um, in America, it's even worse because they have a particular type of drug that um, is prescribed, and it's supposed to be prescribed for cancer. But people were prescribing it for back pain and for pains that aren't cancer. And so people are getting addicted to stuff. Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> but more people are leaning towards a holistic approach these days, so that's good news. So where are you in the development of that? You're, uh, you recently you – re- when did you graduate? Just recently, right? Um, so I finished my undergrad degree in November, and I just started my master's degree in osteopathic medicine just the last month. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, how do you like it so far? Oh, I love it. It's so good because I finally get to actually treat patients so people can come see me as a student practitioner and it, everything's kind of coming together now whereas before we weren't really hand, we were hands-on but it was with your classmates, not with like real patients. So now it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm stoked to be in the clinic. I don't I don't blame you. I think that's exciting. And um, So you mentioned student-athlete before. How are you balancing your rugby with uh with your graduate school studies well that's the that's the tricky part this year the last few years i've been able to easily manage it because i've been like part-time because i'd finished a lot of my subjects in america and i'd finished all my core subjects so i got to do i had less subjects over about two years um so this year i'm actually not playing 15 15 aside rugby because i just can't afford that much time commitment And where I live and go to uni is, like I said, two hours away from where 15's training and competition is. And so that's about four hours of driving just for one session plus two hours. So there's six hours of my day just gone straight away, like two days a week. So I don't know, I just can't afford that um, this year. So I've decided just to stick with um, sevens, sevens rugby, and that's on the Gold Coast, which is only an hour, so I can afford to do that. But um Something had to give a little bit, which was a bit disappointing this year because I really wanted to play, but knuckle down for two years and then I can do what I want is how I see it. There you go. Well, that's, that's kind of an athlete's mindset too, right? Like the end, the end zone is in sight. Um, you just kind of got to power through. Exactly. And I think that's the mentality that I've always had is just to like keep grinding and keep going. And that's how I've been with this degree. Like I've thought, oh, maybe I should just give it a break for – a year and I've kind of done I've done that when I went to America like I just need to knuckle down and finish it but yeah unfortunately if I was well not if I was if in Australia we were rated as professionals at a lower like level so a state level I would be fine to just play and go to uni but because we're not I have to work go to uni and play footy so it's like a little bit too much to juggle you know what I mean sure absolutely uh so what is what are some strategies for that actually because I think um I think the people that listen to this podcast I think there's a lot of coaches but I think there's also a lot of players and a lot of college athletes 
Um, what, what's some advice you would give someone trying to do exactly that? Oh, I actually have had a, a few people ask me how I like manage that. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> No, um, I actually stick to like a quite a like a schedule. Like my mornings, I have planned, and then class times, and then work times. Like everything's planned to like a T. So like six thirty to seven thirty, I'll have like let's say strength and conditioning, and then I'll have like half an hour to shower, go to breakfast, and then go to my lecture, and then I do my work in my lecture time. Like I do my stuff in class time so that I'm not too overwhelmed outside of class is what I found. Um, but then I find that it's you've got to have a little bit of downtime as well. So I also I'll put I put that into like my routine. Like I'll put my downtime into that. Otherwise you just get too stressed out and it's just too much to handle. So that's probably the main thing, sticking to like a tight schedule. I think it's really good advice and I like the idea of actually scheduling downtime. One thing I'd like to touch on a little bit of your strength and conditioning routine. Um, and one like truth of strength and conditioning is like everything's a process of stress and recover. Like you stress the body in certain ways, then it adapts by recovering in certain ways. And I think probably the psychological side of it is underrealized, but takes the same thing, right? Like if you were your, the, your ability to grind all the time, um, is in part dependent on carving out some downtime, I would imagine, right? Without the rest. A hundred percent. And it, it wasn't until the end of last year that I kind of I think that I realized this really like a lot like my performance was affected my performance at tournaments was really affected by the stress of having so many juggling so many things and a little bit of overtraining and the way that I was playing in a tournament I was like that's not me like why am I why am I not playing to my best ability and it it came down to the fact that I was a bit overtrained I was stressed from like not training as good as I want to be like and then it really did affect my performance. And then so having like two months off or not even two months, I had like four weeks off and then I played in another tournament and I probably played the best I'd played in like a year. It was just because I was relaxed and I hadn't been overtrained. I was doing my strength and conditioning and I was just really stress-free. <laughs> so it is really important to take a break sometimes. I think that's good advice. Uh, so yeah, the strength stuff, what does your strength and conditioning look like these days? Um, so it's, it's actually changed. I usually just do my own thing. I like, it's hard. I find it hard to, <clears throat> to like stick to what our prescribed stuff is. If that my, my prescribed, what my coach's strength and conditioning dude gives us. Um, I was using the power athlete stuff and that was really good last year. But, um, as it, when we come, when we train as a team, we all train with the pro- same program, but, the problem with that is is there's all different levels of lifters, I guess, all different levels of experience. So we've got beginners, like young girls that are like 18 that haven't been in the gym for very many years. And then I've been in the gym since I was 18. So what's that, five years ago? How old am I? 23? Um, You're an and, old pro at this point. Yeah, my lifting ability now is almost advanced. So it's hard to stick to programs that, in the middle, you know, like I need stuff that's a little bit higher than others, but I've come to like relax for a moment and just uh, work around the new programs and just make it a bit harder by adding more weight or um, like scaling it up an option, you know what I mean? You know, inverted rows, 
So I'll put my legs up on a thing and put a, a plate, like a weight plate on my chest to make that harder. Sure. Because otherwise girls just struggle just to do a normal inverted row. Mm -hmm. like, right, at the very beginning, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which I can't blame. I was like that sure. like one day ago. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how I do it. But our strength and conditioning at the moment, we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, um, just all the basic, you know, the – basic squats <laughs> sure. bench press well yeah some of the stuff aren't going like some of the basic movements aren't going anywhere probably at least no time soon well it's actually kind of nice because i had like I, I did have time off and so going back to the basics and kind of starting my foundations of strength again this year has been good because um i've been like working with injuries for about a, like i've had a back injury for about a year and so my strength has decreased, but it's nice to start at a foundation again and it's growing again. So it is good. Yeah, I think that's really good. We um, we try to do that for our athletes every so often as well, right? Like just strip, strip, uh, forget about performance, for, forget about complexity or anything like that. Um, load on the bar. We're not thinking about that. We're just concentrating on like getting it right and hitting that bedrock again every so often is a good reminder, even for advanced uh, people who've been doing it for five plus years. So. Exactly. Well, exactly. And it's, I just kind of have to get off my high horse a little bit and think, oh, this is, this is good to go back to basics. Don't like think that you're not lifting heavy enough. Just go slow and build it up again. Like I've got so much time until our competition phase. So I just needed not to put pressure on myself. And I think that a lot of, a lot of athletes do do that. Like just need to take a step back and realize that you have plenty of time just build basics again and then it will get harder eventually <laughs> yeah i think that's right i think that's right we, it's always we talk about it like you have to set the tracks before you can go full speed down them right like you've got to you, you the basics are absolutely essential um tell me about uh you did work with the power athlete guys a little bit yeah what it what was that like one of the reasons that we like what they do it may not seem it may not seem obvious that like power athlete whose logo is like a cracked flaming skull and the good athlete project, which is promoting character through athletics would align so well. <laughs> I know that seemed very different. But, but the, the truth is like so much of what we do, we like, we don't, we're not trying to take like a moral high ground or anything really. We just want to make sure that people, coaches include coaches, especially probably uh, are, are very well considered about their processes, right? And that's that's one of the thing, reasons we like those guys so much is um, they really are good guys, right? Um, they're good guys, they're intense guys, um, but they think really hard about strength and conditioning, right? They're very deliberate about the choices that they make and things like that. So we do align with them, we love those guys, but so tell us a little bit about um, your experience with that. Was that one of, was that early in your strength and conditioning career or where did that fall? They were, uh, we spoke, I spoke to them about a year ago. Okay. So about this time okay. last year, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, what I liked about them is they're really focused on more of like athletic development rather like with sports-specific movements and like they're called power athlete, but they actually do really help with giving you power exercises that are related to sports-specific and like on-field and I like that's what I really liked about them. Their strength and conditioning is very advanced compared to any other strength and conditioning coaches I've been with. Like, and I really respect the way that they train and I really like that. And I suppose having my experience with all different types of strength and conditioning athletes, like coaches, sorry, um, they are the best that I've, I've worked with. Well, that's a huge it's compliment, just, yeah. 
Yeah, they're really, really good, and he knows his shit. <laughs> there you he really go. knows his shit. I often and like I like I studied athletic training and I did strength and conditioning stuff in America as well. So like, I know a fair bit. And so for me, when someone I have to be with someone that knows more than me, otherwise I'm not going to respect what they're saying, as like as bad as that sounds. But so with power athlete, I really respected everything that they gave me, and um, all the movements were really good. I think that makes total sense, right? If you're not challenged a little bit, it's hard. You can't grow if you're not challenged a little bit, right? So I think that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, what does a workout look like for you? How much of it is weight training? How much of it is running? I assume you're doing a lot of like your functional stuff on the field or do you vary it up a lot? Do you just change it up all the time? Well, I was before starting. So I've got an eight week block of training now with my, with my bond rugby, the bond rugby seven stuff, which is to do with that Aon uni series in Australia. Um, and so in this block, I've got, to, I'm sticking to what they've given, um, which is that back to basics kind of building that strength for this eight weeks. So that's, it's pretty good doing that at the moment. It, like I can just go straight in the gym to follow what they've given me and not have to think about it very much. But I guess, um, and they've given us cardio stuff as well, but I find it hard just to stick to that cardio stuff because it's mostly off feet. So it's bike and in the water at the moment and on the rower. Um, but I really like running, <laughs> so um, I'll, I still run a little bit. But I'm sticking. I'm trying to stick to my schedule with the bond stuff. At that's the fair enough. Well, no, I, that's okay. And, and going a little bit above and beyond with like um, with the stairs makes sense, which would uh, kind of bring us, I think, in part part of training for sure. It's not only uh, athletic development, injury prevention, and all sorts of positive. Um, performance-based stuff but there's certainly a psychological component to training um yeah and okay so what do you where do you find your how do you find like how do you develop toughness i suppose that's a really that might be a tough question um but where does that come from with you is it just inherent to the sport were you sort of born that way where where do you where do you cultivate that aspect of your game i have always been competitive like ever since a kid i i suppose the toughness came a little bit later but I find that if you're competitive in yourself that is the start of it so ever since I was a kid I hate losing like I absolutely hate losing um and like even in Monopoly like I don't like losing in Monopoly (laughs) and so like I think that's the start of where like my my tough side came but it's not so much these days is competing with other people it's competing in myself and being tough on myself to to finish a a cardio session or to finish it at my best ability because I can go to a training and I can just go there half-assed, like not trying my best and still make it. But to be tough on myself and disciplined in the fact that I'm working at my best ability, you know what I mean? And um, I think that only really came with rugby, with rugby and starting uni. So they kind of worked hand in hand and trying and keeping my – mentality and the fact that I'm going to finish everything I do um and so I think being tough on myself in that instance is how I became the way I am you know what I mean yeah absolutely I, th- I think that's w- when we do it right on our side I think that's kind of what sports look like right like like you look uh sports have become 
like a vehicle to overall psychological enhancement as lame as that sounds but like we're talking about like confidence building we're talking about willingness to see things through like you mentioned um i think there's so much that can be learned from this and i don't know if you know you probably do because you spend a little time there but uh, rugby is definitely growing in the u.s and in female rugby the on the, the women's side is growing maybe even faster than the men's it's picking up at the college level um oh, all over the place yes rugby in america is bigger than it is here i don't think people realize there is more rugby registered rugby players in america than there is in australia i mean the quality isn't as good obviously <laughs> but the, the quantity is large yeah fair enough yeah people like it okay so what's the differentiating factor then is it because you grew up on rugby that that uh makes the standard in australia so much higher or what would you say um, difference between american rugby and australian rugby so i think the main difference well let's I'll give Americans a compliment first. <laughs> Americans have the best athletes, like the best athletes, the fastest, like strong, best strength and conditioning, all of that, but they just don't have a rugby mind. Like to build a rugby mind is so different. And from kids, all of us have been playing touch football. So let's take out the tackling. Touch football is pretty much sevens and being able to re- read a field, read players, read that comes from us as kids because we've been playing touch since we were young in school. So that's the main the main thing I'm pretty sure is what changes between America and Australia. And just our style of our style of play is very different. We'll well in relation to sevens, I'm not like fifteens is a little bit different. I didn't really play I played a little one season of fifteen so it's not as I'm not as sure. But with sevens the way that Australia and New Zealand play is very touch like in the fact that we let the ball do the work in America, the American way is a bit more like tough and run it straight and run at people. Right, right. It works in some teams, but for people that are good defenders, it doesn't work. Right. Probably that probably stems from people's history in American football. I would assume. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. But it's like you guys don't play touch, so that's the yeah. main. And being able to read a read a field is very different. Like. I suppose it's like being a quarterback, but everyone has to be able to do it. Yeah, that's probably a good comparison, actually, yeah. You know, it's like the quarterback can read the field and there's set plays and all that, but everyone in a rugby field has to know what's going on in that. Like, And that's what I like about rugby, that you have to have rugby smarts. There's not just – you're not just strong. You're not just fast. You have to have the rugby brain. <laughs> no, I think that's right. I think that makes sense for sure. I actually um... – I played a couple seasons of American football in Ireland and similar to Australia. I mean, they, people are just brought up on it, right? Like before practice, it'd be early at practice and people are like tossing the American football like they would a rugby ball, just playing touch rugby. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of in you, right? Um, yeah, it really like it is. And you played backyard with your mates too. It's just normal. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it is for sure. Um, tell me what that's like on the female side of things was there is it just like does everybody play rugby male female regardless or is there uh is it harder are there few like you mentioned there might be fewer opportunities on the female side or what does that look like well since starting rugby in when i started was like the end of 2013 there was like a little bit going on but not like i said it was all in the cities like country stuff was there was nothing um but now there is so many opportunities like um we have a, a that competition called the 
university series and now they've just brought out a um a super w which is now the 15s series and so uh these are going to be like the drafts for the aussie team kind of so it's like a good um what's the to see all the talent in australia you know there's teams available to be playing at a high level like this uni series is probably the hardest sevens i've ever played and i've played in international tournaments and i've played against professional teams and that quality of that is better than better than most other international tournaments i've been at that's cool well that's that's really encouraging on that note tell us um tell us where rugby is taking you you really have been all around the world right yeah yeah tell that's us what about. i love about rugby literally you can play it anywhere like you can go anywhere and play rugby and it's just a world sport uh, that's what i really love about footy well I, I refer to footy as my rugby union, but some people refer to footy as like rugby league or AFL, but mine's union. So when I say footy, I mean union. <laughs> it's taken me to America, Dubai, like where else have I been with it? All over America, Vancouver, just been, <laughs> been around all of Australia. It's just been, it's given me so many opportunities and like I've met, met some great people through footy and if it, even with the no, broken nose thing, before that even happened, it, it had given me so many opportunities. But then after that, obviously, I had more opportunities. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the broken nose thing. It doesn't. It doesn't look. It doesn't look broken anymore. If that matters, they fix it. Yeah, well, it, no, it just doesn't work as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? It looks fine. People are like, I can't believe you broke your nose. It doesn't even look like it. And I'm like, yeah, but listen to this. And I'm like. I don't know if you can hear that, but I can't breathe through my left nostril. Oh, really? Yikes. Um, I know. It's so annoying. And so when I'm sick, I literally can't breathe at all. Like, Hmm. not breathing. I'm sorry to hear (laughs) that. But, yeah, that happened on literally my last tournament in America. The last, um, I think it was CRCs. CRCs. What does that stand for again? Collegiate. Rugby championships, is that it? It sounds right. Yeah, yeah, CRZ, exactly. Something like that. Um, And that was in Philadelphia in 2015 in our semifinal. Um, It was literally in the first, like, two minutes. Um, I remember, like, making a tackle and my teammate tackled this chick at the same time, which only one of us should have been tackling her, but because we both tackled, I'm pretty sure it was her. I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was my teammate. Her, like, rap, when she rapped, she punched me in the face. So, you know, when, like, you go to rap and you, like, yeah, grip for your sure. hand. <laughs> yeah, she's either punched me in the face or the girl who we were tackling elbowed me in the face. I don't actually know. Um, and so... I literally thought my nose was on across the other side of my face. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I've got to get up. Let's go quick, quick. It'll be all right. And I just got up really quick. And then I just ran back in the line and I just have blood literally everywhere. Like I split under my eye and split the top of my nose and then I had all this blood coming out of my nostrils as well. Did, and so I just couldn't even see out of one eye. Like I couldn't see out of one eye. And I was like, this chick's running at me. No. <laughs> and then so I just lined her up and I like tackled her. And then we're still going. And I'm like, I've cleaned out like three rucks by the time the ref actually looked at my face. And it, and my teammate looked at me and she's like, oh, my God. She like fully stopped what she was doing and just looked at me. I was, and we're in the middle of play. <laughs> and then the ref is like, oh, this chick is not okay. And like blew the... Blew the whistle and he's like, blood bin, blood bin. 
and I literally just had blood like everywhere, like everywhere, like on my short, down my legs, all over my shirt. It was everywhere. It's a pretty like I'm glad you're okay, but uh, because it is a pretty amazing clip to watch for anyone who's listening to this but hasn't seen it. It's just awesome. You and because you look like unfazed by it too. That's the best part. You know, it was really funny when I actually spit when I spit blood out. Um, people were like, why did you even spit? I was like, I couldn't even, like I had blood all in my mouth and all in my nose. I couldn't breathe. And then after I'd, after I'd spit blood out, I heard some dude on the stands and he was like, rub some dirt in it. And I was like, oh my God, you come and I'll rub your face in it. There you go. <laughs> uh, but I actually, I remember I was on the sideline and um, they had the replay up on the big screen and I was like to my coach, oh, that was actually sick. Did you see that? Did you see <laughs> yeah. my like just being like making a dick out of it but you know what's really funny and I just remembered just now was um I I remember hearing my coach on the sideline when I was like laying on the ground and he was like I'm gonna swear here sorry fucking get up get up and I was like oh no so I got up really quickly and I when I was running off and he talked to me he's like I feel really bad now Thought yeah. that you were just you're yeah. on the ground because of your shoulder. <laughs> the day before, I, I I separated my AC joint. I fell off a tackle, so he thought that I was just being like a sook about that. Yeah. And um, I was like, no, I actually really hurt myself. Thanks. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, I'm sure you feel bad about it though. But I mean, that's such it's such a rugby mindset. It's uh, it's kind of amazing actually. I read, um, I don't know as much about rugby, obviously, but I read Paul O'Connell's book. Is that a, you know the name Paul O'Connell? Former, former captain of the Irish national team. But like some of the details he talks about uh, with injuries like that and like intentionally doing some of that stuff in piles is pretty wild. I haven't read it, but I'll have to read it. You should read it. Have you come in contact with that kind of stuff? Like, uh, like are people, is rugby a dirty sport, would you say? I know it's not. That's sort of like a fake question. There's, I have been at the bottom of rocks and been like trod on and like kicked in the face and like, there is, there are the grubs out there, but more, mostly it's pretty good. Like, um, and it, usually after a rugby game, you like shake their hand and there's no hard feelings. And like I've played other sports, like I've played basketball and like, if you like elbow someone in the face, it's like, you're a bitch. I'm not going to shake your hand. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's hard feelings around me footy. Um, you usually go have a beer after or go to the pub and like you, you eat with them. Like it's, uh, there's no hard feelings usually. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what my fake question was leading to is like, I think public persona, like it's, it is such a tough sport, but it's uh it's an amazing, like the people who play it usually have a real respect for uh, the competition, they, they understand that being physical is part of the game. And I mean, in the States, it's the same way, right? Like you usually hang out afterwards. Uh, you realize that like the competition is the competition, but then the people are the people and you respect each other after the game. It's it's pretty cool set up that way. That's what I love about it as well. And like there's so many times that you play against your friends and it's like there's no issues. Like if anything, you kind of laugh at each other on the field and be like, ah, I'm about to tackle you. <laughs> like there's just no hard feelings ever, which I, that's what I love about it as well. It is a real community. Like the rugby community is great. Like all over the world that you'll know someone that knows someone in the rugby world. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I guarantee it for sure. For sure. 
All right, well, Coach Nadalna, I think, has some lightning round questions for you in a second. Before we do that, I'd like to know, like, is there anything, um, do you have anything coming up that, uh, that people should know about? Do you have any tournaments, or are you a dedicated student right now, and that's, that's um, your core focus? On Monday, um, the QAS, which is called the Queensland Academy of Sport, the coach actually asked me if I wanted to play again a trial like a trial game against New Zealand this weekend so that will be pretty interesting um so I have that this weekend and then other than that it's just preparing for that uni series like I said I just couldn't have enough time committed to 15 so I'm just going to focus on sevens but yeah New Zealand should be pretty interesting this weekend I think it'll be a blast uh well good luck with that um and then I guess the last thing that I'm curious about is the Instagram account that you just started there's two of you Oh, the osteo one? Yeah. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Um, so the osteo sisters, um, there's actually three of us. Um, there's. So I started osteo in 2013, but because I went to America, it kind of, I should be, I would have been graduated this year. Would have been out working and stuff, but because of going to America and all that, we'll be back a little bit, but that's okay. Um, so... Why I wanted to start it is because every time that I put, like, a rehab video or, like, just some basic mobility, strength, whatever, people – I have such a good response from it. And I was, like, saying to my friend, I was, like, oh, I think this would be a really good idea to start an Instagram just to, like, help our knowledge, help just your general population, other athletes um, with ideas for mobility, basic um, strength um, or – um, avoiding some aches and pains that you don't need to be getting. Um, and yeah, just like for an example, let's say you've got a tight back, back pain. The main thing that goes with back pain is tight hamstrings. But, um, what, like the way that I like doing a stretch in particular for hamstrings, let's say most people do it with their leg straight out. You know how you have a band around one leg and then you have the other leg straight out. Um, that actually puts a lot of load through your low back. Like it puts you in a thing called um, lordosis and so that puts more weight, not weight, more load through those joints through the back, which is quite uncomfortable, especially if you've got bad back. So I like doing, I call it a bent hamstring, so I do it with my leg bent so I don't put any load through my low back, but I'm also stretching my hamstrings. So, yeah, just basic ideas like that. I like it. No, I think that's, um, I think it'll be especially beneficial for people. They should definitely, they should check it out. Coach, you ready for this? Lightning round with Coach Nadolna. I hope you're sitting down. Number one, your fondest childhood sports memory. Fondest childhood sports memory would have to be winning MVP in two, like probably like 2009 in my basketball competition. (laughs) In the prep, like in the finals. I was pretty stoked. There you go. That's pretty good. What is one piece of technology that makes you more productive? Uh, well, the iPhone, but it doesn't, it doesn't. It makes me less productive sometimes. It makes me more productive other times And the fact that I'll sit on my phone and just do nothing for like an hour. <laughs> and other times I'm like using it for like um, organizing my money or doing emails, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, uh, believe me, I get it. This one is actually a brand new one. So this is the debut of a new question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? That's I, a hard I, one. I realize that I ask the hard-hitting questions of this group. I'd love to be like Superwoman, you know, like Superwoman's powers. <laughs> I actually don't. 
Oh no, she can fly. Actually, actually, that's a lie. Do you know who Doctor Strange is? Have you seen Doctor Strange? No. Oh my god. You need to watch Marvel movies. Um, <laughs> well, for everyone listening, I'd like to be like Doctor Strange. Fair. And I would like to defend myself a little bit here and say there's like been 50 in the past three years. I can't possibly watch <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, that I will add that to my list. Alright, number four. Uh, what is the biggest challenge you have faced professionally or otherwise and how did you grow from it? Well, I've probably got like two. Can okay. I do two? You can do two. That's fine. The, probably the first one was when I broke my leg. Breaking my leg was like the biggest challenge ever. It might not have been as bad as like I suppose ACLs are worse than breaking your leg. But at the time of when it happened, it just mentally affected me so much. Like I couldn't do anything. Like I was just stuck in a rut and trying to get out of that was a a very difficult task. But once I was out of that mindset, um, it actually really helped me as a person and it really changed me actually. Like gave me such a better mindset after that. And then probably the second one challenging was when my coach told me that I suck at tackling and that's why he's not picking me. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and now so my tackling game is probably better than my attacking game. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, can I do when you broke your leg, was that uh, femur or? I just, I fractured my fibula. Yep, the outside bone of your lower leg. Which in hindsight, it, like it was like eight weeks. I had six weeks in a cast and then I had two weeks in a moon boot, but just those eight weeks, like I'm such an independent person and having that taken away from me was like the worst thing ever. Like not even being able to shower on your own at first was like the worst thing ever. So like it really changed. I really am grateful for just health in general. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm with you. Um all right, last one. There may be many people, but publicly thank one person. Probably my mum. Probably my mum for just putting up with my shit. <laughs> and just always, she would always just tell me to like that I can do anything. So she's always been my motivator. Awesome. I will go ahead and say that the reason that we were so interested in talking to you and, and have followed and will continue to follow your career is uh, because of things that we talked about. We've, we've noticed that like you are able to balance like the toughness of rugby, dealing with injury, playing a really physical competitive sport with um, you know just the affect and, of being someone who is kind, cares about her community, her teammates and all that kind of stuff. And we really do think that balance is one of the things that makes sports really special and you seem to embody it. So uh, I think I think you will continue to be a, a role model, especially for female rugby players in the U.S. for years and years to come. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it means a lot. I suppose I'm like I said, I'm not a professional rugby player, but I'm I'm like an attainable goal for people to play at a high level, as well as doing uni or whatever you want to call it, college. Um, I work at the same time. Like I suppose I'm at like a stage where. Uh, your everyday girl could make to make a professional side like let's say make the Australian team it is a very small percent of the girls which will make that you know and um, in Australia like what I'm playing at the moment is probably like the next best thing so I'm definitely an attainable goal to that and hopefully one day there is a bit more money funding towards us girls you know so I'd like I'd hope that I'd inspire some girls to come play footy 
I, I, I think there's no doubt you will. And just to kind of add on to that, the idea that maybe playing on a professional level is not too far away is an encouraging one. I surely like hope that if that's your goal that you get it. But I also really like the idea that part of the re that you play because you love it, right? Like there's no, there's nothing motivating you, right? There's not like a, you don't have to, right? This is not putting food on your table, right? You are, you're a student, you love the game, you love to play, you love your teammates. Like what better, what better reason to show up every day than that? At times I even think to myself, oh, what am I doing? Like, do I really want to go to training? Do I really want to drive two hours to get there? But then I think, oh, it'll be worth it. Like, just go. Just go and you get there. And once you finish, you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I, can't. I went. Like, Absolutely. So it just, that's one of my – that's probably my encouragement words. Just go, even if you don't feel like it. <laughs> just go to training. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.